to The Dimensional Ladder with your host, Roy Laverne. Stanley, what a pleasure it is to be talking with you, sir. I've been looking forward to this greatly. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. This is all kind of new to me, so I apologize yeah. if I have any uh, technical issues on my end. Don't worry about it. We all do. So, uh, all right, I'm recording here. Um, I've watched several of your interviews. Um, just a little bit about me. I'm a musician. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Um, uh, I play guitar as well. I uh, play some drums and keyboard. I uh, cool. give lessons at Guitar Center here. I'm out of Nebraska. Oh, cool. Yeah, so kind of middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. I know you've kind of moved around. Um, yeah. I would love for you to give, you know, your your background for my audience, the, the people that don't know you. Okay. Um, since you mentioned the musician thing and the teaching, that's actually what my son does. He's 20, he could be 27 soon. Um, yeah. He teaches at a private school, um, formerly with School of Rock, which he hated. It was just, yeah, that was, sorry, School of Rock. You, <laughs> you, you know, you guys suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just the way it is um yeah we want jack black back yeah right actually they, the school of rock put that that together as a pitch so that they could get more people to sign up is what i was told i thought it was the other uh, way around yeah 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 anyway <laughs> <laughs> because they are a franchise across the you know across the country um okay. and, but yeah anyway but my son is also um he plays multiple instruments and he composes and produces songs, original wow. music. He does everything except the vocals, which he hires people to do because he can't sing that as well as he wants or needs for a particular song that he creates. But he still creates the melody and he gives them a, a demo track of him singing, you know, the melody and then they copy that with their own particular style. It's pretty amazing, wow. man, because I mean, it wasn't as a dad, it doesn't seem like that long ago that he was this big and he was just learning to play the piano a little bit. And it was frustrating because everybody hates learning piano when they're a kid, <laughs> you know, at some point. Um, yeah, I wish but I yeah it's, it's amazing. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, I wish I would have stuck with piano. <laughs> What's your son's name? Arthur. <clears throat> uh, but his, okay. But his, um, I don't know if it's, a, you call it a stage name or his Art, oh, sorry. The artist's name is Sad Boy XX. So, uh, it's yeah, it's yeah, S A D B O I X X. I think I've actually heard of him. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, he does EDM, and that's I never even knew what that was until he said, "This is what I'm going to do." <laughs> like, oh wait, 
that that's so weird. I, I work with a guy who's a DJ, and he was just talking about Sad Boy. So wow, well, okay, yeah, it's well, it's blowing up because he has really good music, and um, well, okay, there's a lot of musicians in the world, but there's not that many actual composers that are worth listening to, in my opinion. I mean, really, there's there's not that many. My mom was a concert pianist, so I got exposed to alt music from even before I was born, she was playing classical piano while she was pregnant, you know? So I heard, I heard all this, the best music. I mean, relatively speaking, really, really high, high level stuff. And um, so I wasn't telling my son what to do, but I also could, t I could really see, I could hear this is, whoa, this is, I mean, he went from when he was a teenager uh, I had a studio kind of like this where I would do music and I was so desktop publishing and all stuff. And he would come in, he had a little band and stuff and I would, I would support him with whatever he was doing. And then, but I, he goes, dad, I want to record some of my songs. I'm like, okay. And then I said, okay, let me show you how it's, it's really pretty simple. And he would get on the, on the system and he would get so frustrated with the computer. Uh, you know, he, like he had it all in his head. It's like, he already heard the finished product. And he gets so frustrated with trying to use the computer to actually put the the layers in there and then trying to mix it. And I mean, that's a whole nother thing that has nothing to do with music. So, sure. so years later, when he graduated from college uh, there in Rhode Island at the university, we were living in Hong Kong and he came to us and he's got a degree in business. And we try to get him into the finance because that's I mean, Hong Kong's a hub for international finance. He went on a few job interviews and he told us, he goes, uh, I, I'm going to hate my life. Uh, yeah, I'll have some uh, money, but I'm going to hate my life, do, you know, working 10, 12 hour days, six days a week. And uh, it, I, he says, I really have no, my heart is not in it. I want to pursue becoming an independent artist. And we're man, you got a degree, but okay, look, we'll, okay, for we're going to give you a, he, he said he needed a, like two or three years to, to do this. I didn't think so. I thought it would take more. Um, but it, <laughs> I watched him and I already knew a little bit about musical production in the computer. He just worked it and worked it and worked it. I, I mean, it was unbelievable how much he would show me what he was working on. I'm like, whoa, that's so over my head. I, 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 you know, I mean, more power to you, man. If you can do that, go for it. Um, and, and even still, the art of mixing is actually a science, but there's an art to it. As he said, it's a lot like cooking. Anybody can cook something. It doesn't mean it's going to taste good and people are going to love it. You know, it's, it's a very individual, you know, cause there's so many little components that you can mix, put together into the mix to get Absolutely. a final product. Right. So anyway, um, and he also came up with the avatar of sad boy, which has a, 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 he drew out the character and then we hired a professional artist to render it which is it's interesting because he doesn't want to really use his face per se he's using he created this character sad boy and sad girl sad dog i mean it's <laughs> it's evolving into this whole little life of its own and a whole you know, sad hey, world yeah whatever i mean a happy sad world. it's but yeah i mean he's not a sad person right but he's 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 being very strategic because he does have a business background uh and he's very much an entrepreneur 
And I'm just watching this going, wow, you know, I mean, I'm in awe of his, not just the talent, but his dedication to making the, I mean, people don't realize how much work it is to get to this level. But when you really break through to the, the top, it's, it's ridiculous how much, how much time and effort and passion you got to have in, in order to do that. So anybody who's listening, who's an artist, including yourself, I respect you guys tremendously. Wow. And I can tell how, how proud you are. And I'm sure, I'm sure Arthur, you know, he's, he's gotten a lot of inspiration from you and the work that you've done. Um, well, he doesn't, Hey, he doesn't follow me. Okay. <laughs> he, he, you know how kids are. They don't, it's like, uh, they got to break away and do their own thing. He's not into any of this metaphysical, spiritual stuff. I mean, he's aware of it, but he's, that's, he's totally focused on growing up and being his own person, which is great. Yeah. He should do that. Yeah. But like, okay, one song, he, he normally writes love song. I just got it. And then I'll get off the subject. One of, our, one of our neighbors, who's the same age as Arthur, he came over to a little, we had like a little garage band party one, one evening. And this guy shows up, I never seen him. And, and, you know, he was being friendly and we're, and I engaged him in a conversation that apparently was, <laughs> it was, he needed to express this to somebody that his dad had died when he was young. And, and, you know, I was, he was obviously really loopy. I mean, he, he was on whatever drugs and, and um, he was suffering, you know, I could tell. And then, so we had this conversation, you know, man to man, even though he was, he really was sort of, I think when you lose your dad at, at a young age, you sort of stop, some part of you stops growing because you don't have that, especially guys, they really, I, I mean, my understanding is if your dad like dies or you get divorced or something, it just, it, it, it stunts your growth. So we had a conversation <clears throat> and he met Arthur and the rest of the people. And then uh, a few days later, he OD'd. Yeah. Wow. and uh he 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 his spirit came to me that night i and it kind of scared me because i mean I, i've gone through stuff like this before but he he came right up to me uh in the dream i was in my bathroom doing something and he, he appeared behind me and i was like whoa hey whoa i said you could come over anytime but like you know the, the, whoa, whoa, what are you doing in the bathroom and and then he just kind of vanished. And I thought, whoa, God. And I told, I told Arthur, I said, man, something's wrong. And then a couple of days later, he said, hey, um, just wanted you to know that he, that guy passed away and he overdosed. I was like, uh. so apparently <laughs> Arthur really felt it too. He's a very, very heart-centered person. And um, he wrote a song. <laughs> Uh, called fix me and it's the it's it's that boy the young man crying for help i don't want to die i don't want to die fix me somebody fix me because he could tell i was trying to do that for this kid he could see what i was doing like i feel for i tried to help everybody you know but anyway i'm telling you this song fix me i'll send you the link later Oh my God, I can't listen to it every time it makes me cry. And that's not the point. It's just like, 
it takes a, a whole nother level of maturity to, to, to en encapsulate, to literally capture the essence of that event, of that person, of their life in just like a few minutes of song. It's so dramatic. I mean, God, well, so even one of my friends who's a, a lifetime professional guitar player, he says, he said that just, he said it wrecked him listening to that. And he's known Arthur since he's a little boy. And he's like, man, Arthur's like a genius. When it comes to that, you can't teach that. So it's a gift. It's just a gift. And I'm glad that he's sharing For it sure. with people. That's all. That's wow. all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's amazing. And I've heard of him. Believe it or not, I'm not just making that up to... No, no, I know. I have, I have heard of him. I'm not a DJ my, myself, but uh, I have yeah. DJ friends. Yeah. And uh, one of... One of my DJs who, uh, one of my DJ friends who recently actually lost his mother, he's really, uh, really into Sad Boy. And so, wow, okay. I'm definitely okay. going <laughs> to listen to him. And it sounds like he's doing his own light work. So maybe the apple yes. doesn't fall all that far from the tree. Huh? That, that's right. That's right. His, his label name is uh, Heart and Soul. And he's got a new EP coming out very soon. Um. Okay, I, one more thing. I just the, the, he's very he's a bit of a diva, and I mean, some people say a perfectionist because in his mind he's already heard the the, the finished product. And if you <laughs> he trying to say, well, that's all good enough. He goes, no, it's not. It's not finished. And he's so he's so focused on recreating or um, um, manifesting what he's hearing in his mind. And like I said, that's. That's the thing about a real artist. Like even as a sculptor, you look at a, a you know a, a stone or a piece of wood, and you, in your mind, heart, soul, whatever, you see the finished product, and that gives you the the you know that's your blueprint that you work with towards the goal, the finish line. And I'm telling you this because the hard one of the hardest, most frustrating things for him was 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 finding the vocalists and then, and then working with them. Cause a lot of people are out there on the internet right now saying, I'll, you know, I'll sing for you. And of course their demo tracks are polished, but when, and you don't have no idea what kind of at work ethic they have, especially online. People are just like, sorry to say, but most people these days are lazy. They don't have much of a commitment level. Right. And so the frustration was just like, Oh my God. And it, it but he stuck with it and he learned, he learned kind of the hard way too, how to work with these people, these, these singers, vocalists, to get the final product. Uh, some of his songs are duets, which, and it's really interesting because the people are not in the same room, right? They just get the track and then they do this thing and it's, it's like... It, there's a level of magic in that, you know, going from concept to the finished product is, is it's, it is, it's like, you know, Hey, I got an idea. Hey, really? Oh, and then you get, here's the finished product. Like, Whoa. <laughs> oh, hey. And it's Good also, um, I don't know if you've uh, listened to a lot of Neville Goddard's work before. Um, he talks a lot about kind of uh, esoteric. Oh, oh, oh yes, Christian of course. I'm sorry. Yes, the, we call my friends say the. Are you on the Neville level? Yeah. <laughs> Have you attained that? <laughs> well, 
Yeah, I do. Okay, thanks for reminding me. Sometimes I forget about him because he was such a very quiet person. Um, but his message is very, very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So I've only kind of in the last couple of years gotten into his work. And before that, yeah. I was I kind of fell out of the Christian uh, loop. Um, I think I, I kind of fell into maybe part of a trap or a, I don't know, kind of a larger psyop that I think a lot of uh, people my age and the younger generation kind of fell into. Mm -hmm. um, but learning about his work and seeing the Bible as every character is a, an aspect of you, almost more like a, yeah. a Buddhist way of reading the Bible, Bible or a Gnostic way, um, rather than like a historical document. Yeah. It's, and that's a difficult thing to do is look at it metaphorically. Some people want to take it literally and apply it to every, everybody else's life. <laughs> it's a, yeah, religion uh, was created by man. And it's a, it's a flawed interpretation or interpretations throughout time and different localities and uh, Eventually, we'll get past that. Yeah, but um, like your son's great ideas with music, it starts in his head, right? Right, and, right. And uh, yeah, the process, the dedication it takes to get something from the mind out into the world, just like Tesla did with the, oh, the yeah. Tesla coils and all the great inventors, right? So Yes, right. They visualized it first. For sure. And I, I think that's what... Um, that's what your son's doing and that's what he's, he's he's very successful with it and i'm sure you're just proud as a father can be and i'm really looking forward to to learn more about your son's work so thank you for uh yeah <laughs> sorry for, for about talking with that him. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah absolutely not don't don't be sorry um and religion was in, indeed created by men do we want to talk about the specific group or the 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 we actually know the name of maybe a, an organization or two that maybe has actually had some hand with uh, yeah, in, infiltrating Christianity and turning it on its head in a way, and the politicization of everything. So I don't know how much you want to talk about that. Um, well, I can briefly address it. I mean, I just summarize it this way, that, um, that this happens to every great avatar or master that shows up and gives a message it's like the game of telephone you know whatever they said by the time it gets over here even even if there was no ill intent there's just a kind of a distortion that happens over time um because we tend to interpret things and not always very well so um the bigger problem is the fallen angels and how they really encouraged us to follow or fabricate and follow religions that served them under the guise of they them being God Almighty and our and or our creators that we must worship. And there's a lot of confusion, or even still, you know, I mean. The work of Zachariah Sitchin has become a religion. I call them Sitchinites. And, um, and, and that's not to be derogatory. I'm just, that's just, 
I met Sitchin. I talked to him on the phone. We exchanged letters back in the day when people actually wrote letters. And then we met one time in person because we had a mutual friend who's uh, a Mason. I'm not a Mason, but I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm open to, I'll talk to anybody about anything, really. It just, it's kind of weird, you know, when you're, you, you get to know somebody and you think you know them. And then one day they go, oh, I told you I was a Mason, right? Uh, no, you, you skipped that part. I mean, I know you work for the government, some capacity and, and then, yeah, right. Which is always weird. And don't get me wrong. I, I do respect people that work for the government, but I also know how corrupt it is. Same thing for religion or any other profession on this planet. And again, I, it's not like we're victims, but we have been abused. We sure. certainly have been abused individually and collectively over time. So, um, and I think like what you just said, when it comes to um, the people that may be working in one place or another, they might not have that ill intent. Um, and they, oh, might, right. they might be a part of something that um, they might actually think is good. And right. like, like you were just saying about those fallen angels, wouldn't a trap be to trick someone into thinking that there isn't a God? Because if you believe in God, then you believe in the devil. But if you don't believe in God, <laughs> and you don't know who's pulling your strings, right? Right, right. So, so the, yeah. hey, But that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, there's so much of this stuff is really, really, really distorted. I, I mean, from a from a biblical perspective, when they're talking, the way it's presented, the narrative is like, uh, there's only one God in the garden. And here comes the adversary of, of God, which is it's like, it's controlled opposition. This is good God, bad God kind of thing, you know, <laughs> that they're pulling on us. Um, uh, but anyway, the, we are not victims. We are really more like children in a school that is, uh, we're learning. You know, I mean, let's put it this way. When you, we go to school, we are presented with problems that we must solve. And then they test us on that to make sure we understand how to solve those problems. It was, we didn't cheat or we just got lucky or whatever. And that, it's a, it's a, it's a metaphor. Okay. And then if they create all of those problems, then they don't have to take any of the responsibility for all the, all the things that they've done and basically just continue to make slaves of people with like social responsibility so they can go off planet and not have to answer for any of the evil that they didn't make us feel like victims, right? Make well, us feel it, in a limited sense. I know what you're saying, but in the bigger scheme of things, they are going to be held accountable. And this, this is all coming to a screeching halt. It's been going on for a long time, even before they came here and in, you know, absorbed us into their evil empire. And some people are calling that the simulation. It's, it's more of an inversion of what God created so the, the fallen ones created this zone that they, I mean, it's their domain. I think Tom Campbell calls it a, like a matrix within a matrix. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, so we're actually kind of isolated because of that. Doesn't mean we can't break through. It does take effort. And that's why I've been doing my part to help people uh, make that connection, a heart connection. Because we're not, uh, we're, we're not entirely isolated. There's a way, if you, if you want, you know, you, we can 
I've done it. Other people have done it. So-called enlightenment. I, you know, it, it's not an overnight thing. It's a, it's an ongoing process, but the, the whole concept of duality is people think it's just unique to this planet, but recently, and I think I sent you this, the new revelations, um, is mostly confirmation for me, but it was very interesting to read how uh, on the outer perimeters of creation, some of these entities who fell created something out here that eventually started to encroach on the rest of creation and has been doing so for a long time, relatively speaking. And it un left unchecked, eventually it would infect or affect all of creation. That's why God had to intervene and is still in a process of intervening, which I know it's kind of hard to believe because, you know, uh, religious interpretations are, are, are in, a lot of times are just very manipulative and incorrect. So I can see why people would be skeptical, but honestly, I got to tell you what, it, even if you don't believe it. It doesn't. It's not. It's not going to stop it from happening. In my opinion, this is this is already a done deal. Right. It's just a little un. It's it's a little complex. It's like untangling the Gordian knot, um, because these guys made a mess and gals, whatever these fallen ones. They <laughs> they made a very big mess, and um, uh, God and those who are loyal to Him. Let's just call them angels of light are working diligently to undo that all throughout creation. But of course, we're focused only on ourselves and this planet. What is really interesting to me is in the New Revelations, it says that this is ground. They call it planet zero, but I'm going to say it is ground zero. It is center stage for this process I call the divine reset. And I, I didn't know what else to call it. But when I, as soon as I started saying that, this year, when I finally, I took a, a break, okay, and I came out with Rex Bear, a leak project, and I mentioned it. Some retired school teacher up in New Hampshire heard me say that, and she said, I think this guy might actually understand what's in the new revelations, because she'd sent it out to a few other people. They ignored her or didn't read it or whatever. She sent it to me, and I looked at it, and I'm like, well, thank you. Uh, and then I, I read it. Of course, I was uh, skeptical. And then I forced myself to go past that skepticism. And then I, I realized, wow, um, okay, I get it. You know, it's like we're, it's what, exactly what he told me back in 2013. Everything was going to be revealed. But that's not something you can do in a soundbite. You know, it take, he said it would take 10 years. And even then, we're, we're, we're still not going to understand everything, but everything that we can comprehend and then apply will it has been revealed at this point as far as I'm concerned. A lot of us still haven't got the memo, you know, but yeah. it, it's like this. If you get in a car you, and you start it and it goes, that's good. If you know, got gas, the brakes work, whatever. You don't have to know how every little thing functions in the car in order to use it as a vehicle. The same thing is true for this divine reset. I didn't know all the details. I could just see it coming. I mean, for whatever reason, I have a very strong connection uh, with God. And What's your zodiac? And, Can I ask real quick? Yeah, I'm a, 
This is my birth month. I'm actually turning 63. Okay, so Scorpio? Yeah. All right, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's fine. <laughs> um, Divine reset, you're, you have yeah, a connection. It's a, yeah, it's... It, Okay, so, and some people hear this and they're like, "That makes sense." Oh, I want to participate in that, and and, and I'm I'm grateful that people feel that way. But honestly, even if you did, if you just sat there and watched, it, it it helps if we participate. Let's put it that way, especially honestly from the heart, soul, whatever. That that's going to help accelerate the process, hopefully to minimize some of the impact it's going to have on, on, on ourselves and our loved ones, because it's going to be traumatic. I guarantee you the, what I saw, like I said, in 2013, when he showed me, when I say he, I'm just going to be very straight up with everybody here. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. I, and uh, quantify it this way. I am not religious. Even though my dad was a minister, I always had, up until recently, I've always had a problem with the religious presentation of God, Jesus being God. That made zero sense to me until I read the new revelations of how God created this vehicle that we call Jesus and why he created that particular ex extension of himself or herself or however you want to quantify God. Obviously, it's the thing is, you know, because <laughs> the definition of God in religious terms is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. How do you fit that into something like a vehicle like this? That doesn't, you know, logically it made no sense to me, but that doesn't matter. I realize now that that was kind of like a, a, a prejudice, a prejudice that I had Um and also, I just, I'm not a, I don't, look, I have a brain. I, I, I can think, I, I, I can rationalize, analyze. Give me some facts, please. I don't want fairy tales about, you got to have faith, you know. Uh, sorry, I don't. I can choose to just be more um, analytical if I want to. I can be analytical and spiritual at the same time, you know, because uh, none of that stuff that they've been t telling me or writing about in religious terms made any sense at all. Actually, I felt insulted by it, you know? Anyway, now I know. Oh, and the other thing is, you, you probably heard me talk about this, but for, and so have a lot of other people over the years. When I had that out-of-body experience in September of 1985, and I was in the light, that, that was God. That light is God, okay? I was connecting with the creator and the way it chose to interface with me is through this avatar, this vehicle that we call Jesus. That's why when it, it came up to me and faced me like we're doing now and having FaceTime and he, he did say, I am the father. I did not, I could not at that time, I wouldn't allow myself to accept that. I made like this little loophole, um, he either said, he might have said, I am your father, like, you know, Star Wars or something, you know, because I didn't want to accept if he's OK, if if I accepted the fact he said, I am the father, that meant that he is God. And what am I doing talking to God slash Jesus? 
because as, especially as a young man of 25 years old, it was hard enough explain. I was trying to explain something to people that, that I didn't even understand. But if I had said and blurted out, "Hey, Roy, I met God," you know, like, "Hey, uh, good for you, Robert. I don't know what drugs you're on, but uh, it just doesn't go well. It's not. It's not a good conversation, and especially if I didn't fully understand it. Okay, and then that was '85. I did. I, I mean, where are we? We're now 2022, and I'm still trying to digest and comprehend that and, and not just okay it's not for just for me in the new revelations they're talking about this as we mentioned before there's this conflict going on between god and the adversaries the fallen ones so not only would it be socially incorrect for me to say oh i met god and jesus whatever but it would also make me a target and I have been targeted, like everybody. We're all being, you know, we're kind of caught between good and evil. And and so, as a young man, I probably would have been in a lot of danger. By the, I was, I already got slammed pretty hard by them. I think, like I said, everybody does to different degrees. But if I'd come out like that, uh, yeah. So you know, I mean, you see what they do. Like they like cutting people's heads off and nailing and so, it to that trees. was a different time too like things yeah. have changed so much a lot and uh, you know yes like good, with, good observation with what we're doing now like there's still ri uh, risk like you said but um not as much not as much because and, th look things started it changing in 1987 a lot between 87 and 2012 there was a, a an increase and this is part of the the divine reset i know this now waves of energy have been washing over the planet and it's coming from god and the angels they're put they're broadcasting this uh just energy because they don't want to violate our free will because the benevolent ones never do that so it's increased it's amplifying our consciousness so if you if you're in the dark it's going to make you even more dark if you're if you're reaching out for the light it's going to help you like rise up and that's one of the ways that we're, it's also in the process, it's actually pushing us apart. We're, we're, we're totally, that's why we've become so polarized. We're, we're totally incompatible. So it's, I feel like the divine reset is, is an ongoing process up to a point, what they call a tipping point. And when it, and when we get that, that fulcrum point, and then suddenly it goes Duke, like this, you're going to go, a lot of people go, what happened? How'd that happen? No. Well, it, you know, it was gradually coming to a point and then it's, it's, you know, you go. Do you think that's a part of entering the age of Aquarius? Like maybe on yeah. just one aspect of. Yeah. 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 That's, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, I, I think everything's going to change. Everything is going to absolutely change. Uh, back to it's like uh, it's going to reset. That's I'm sorry, but that it's so funny because the dark side. What I say, they invert. They're calling it the great reset. Yeah, right. For whom? Who's it great for? Oh yeah, the not fallen us. angels. No, <laughs> not, <laughs> uh, I, but here's the thing: the upper echelon of the of the dark side. They know the divine reset is already in play, and that's why they're so desperate. And dangerous is because they're trying everything that they can to try and either prolong it or prevent it. And that's, it just isn't going to happen. 
It just isn't. In my opinion, that's, uh, it's not wishful thinking when I say that, by the way, I, I'm brutally honest with people. I try to be with myself too, because I don't like people um, just telling me what they think I want to hear. You know, those are, that's not helpful. You know, Definitely and I not. do think we're supposed to help each other. Okay. This is why I spend a lot of time doing this for free is, is um, uh, because freedom is not free. We've got to work at it and we need to help each other in that process. I mean, it, it's, um, and, and I don't mean violence either. And people say, oh, there's a war, there's a, a spiritual battle. And okay, yeah. But if you fight fire with fire, you're just going to have a bigger fire. God's love is not like that. It's more like if, oh, hey, there's a fire, let's dump some water on it. You know, it's the opposite. <laughs> uh, you know, you got all this hate going on. Well, you can't hate the haters. That just, you just become one, you know? So, no, this, this is, like I said, it's the divine reset. It's benevolent. It's, it's coming from God with the assistance of these um, angels of light or shining ones, also known as Anunnaki. That's, boy, was I surprised. I tell you what, man, as much as I do this, it's not a hobby. It's, it's my life. And I, I can't tell you how often I am just like stunned. Oh, oh, yeah. Before we, before we end this, I got to tell you. The day I saved that boy's life, I've always been confused. Like, was, was this some sort of kind of setup or something? You know, I feel like it was, was. I realized I heard somebody say this recently. They were allegedly having a conversation with God and asking, why are you permitting this abuse of children? And God allegedly said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. The dark side, the fallen ones know that the children are more connected to me, God, and that when they torture the children, I feel it. They are trying to, and they are hurting me through those kids. And when I heard that, I was like, <laughs> whoa. Um, I get it, but I also, it's very personal because I realized um, God was using me, not manipulating like a puppet, but giving me an opportunity to help that boy, his grandparents, and God, who was suffering in that moment as that boy was being tortured by these demonic entities in, in, that were around him. So, so, I'm telling you this because now it makes perfect sense. It's logical that by doing that and making myself available up on that mountain, really elevating, ascending to that higher plane and, and opening my heart. Well, of course, God would, would connect with me and, you know, on that level. It, Absolutely. It, it, yeah. It, it, I'm just saying everything is being revealed, but that, that part, that part was like, Blew my mind. As far as the audience knows, though, that was a smooth transition. <laughs> right back. All right. All right. Wonderful. So um, we've got a lot we want to keep going on about. Um, so, yeah, we're just kind of talking about the divine reset. And uh, you were getting into how God uses uh, angels uh, to interact with us and your experience helping um, that boy on that day. And I, I, I remember hearing that story and 
just remembering how obviously called you were to that, especially with your background. You weren't, you're not like an exorcist or anything <laughs> there. So yeah, if you want to talk no. a little more about that and maybe the angels. Okay. Yeah. I, I, like I said, that was September 21st of 1985. It was a fall equinox, which apparently is a very powerful time because of the energy alignment that happens then. And so both the benevolent and the malevolent entities know that. And I feel like I was caught up in the middle of it. Uh, I was given an opportunity to, to assist a family. However, uh, now in retrospect, um, as promised, everything would be revealed. And I understand that that was actually a service I was providing to God. <clears throat> Not knowing that. And that, but anyway, now that I know this, I know my relationship with God is not based on religion and it never has been. And I used to feel kind of funny about it. Like there was something wrong with me. And, and, and yet in the new revelations that, which I sent you and I'm sharing with other people now, gradually, um, <laughs> actually, uh, it refutes religion and it also affirms what I've always felt and believed. So I, the reason I'm telling you is that apparently I must have had a connection or, yeah, I must have had a, a fairly good connection to God prior to that event. I just wasn't religious about it. I just felt it. And mostly it's gratitude. You know, more than anything, I would have to say that's gratitude. Um, but also astonishment. I'm, I'm really in a state of wonderment most of the time. Um, I'm like, in other words, I'm so grateful to receive this information or these insights or revelations in a non-religious way and then have the ability, which it's, it's a gift, I guess, being able to communicate clearly in, a, in an authentic and accurate manner on behalf of God and the angels of light. So God actually does use us, but not in a manipulative way. Gives us the opportunity. And you either, either accept it or not. But I, I got to tell you that um, <laughs> I didn't come here to... What was that? Okay, that was just a glitch. Yeah, okay, guys. There was a glitch in the machine. Um, I didn't come here to this world to make money. I came here to make a difference. And so far, I think that that seems to be the case. Um, because my understanding is that in the, you know, here on this world, everything's based on money and fame and all that. Um, and to it's totally irrelevant. You don't take any of that with you. What we take with us is our permanent record of the, the choices we make and the actions that we take. And you're either of service or you're not. And, and those who are of service actually get opportunities to be for more and more. You know, we, in other words, it's like it is a credit system, but it's, it's not corrupt. It's incorruptible. And we all have that. And it's just sad when I see people who have are fooled themselves into believing that they can do whatever they want and there's no consequences for it. They literally are their own worst enemy, thinking they can hurt other people or steal, cheat, lie, whatever, kill. 
and there's the, the, that that's not somehow going on their permanent record and, you know, <laughs> going to be a detriment to them. Yeah, that's something I heard about um, what some, some of the dark ones do is like what you're saying about, um, let's call it maybe a natural law or divine order. Uh, yeah, that, that works. <laughs> and we see that it does. So the, the dark ones will know, or the bad guys, they'll, they'll know what works because they're, they're also intelligent. They're not stupid, but they're using their, um, their power for, for evil, for manipulative bad purposes uh, that are not in accordance with free will. So they'll, right. they'll like kind of peruse as Christ in a way like, so I don't know if you uh, want to start talking about, because when you said kind of earlier, the, the good God, bad God thing, that kind of reminded me about what a lot of people are talking about with some of the, the Anki and Enlil, <laughs> Anunnaki stuff. That kind of sounds like the same thing. And it is. I'm just very skeptical about all that. Um, yeah, you yeah. should be. You should be. And look, like I said, it's a, it's a progression. It says this in the New Revelations. I can't tell you everything. Because you wouldn't understand it because, like in school, you go from one grade to the next. If you, you, you don't just jump a bunch of grades, you, it's, it's building one step on top of the other, one level of understanding to the next. And so, in other words, it's contextual. And um, we're all like that. That's, that's not a judgment. It's just, it's just a process of our consciousness or however you want to call it. I'm not... You know, the uh, people right now, they're talking about, oh, raise your vibration, you know, your, raise your consciousness. Okay, and then what? <laughs> you know, turn, I mean, turn in and drop out. Well, uh, yeah, but the, uh, okay, part of the problem is that we are uh, being guided to constantly analyze and process from, a, from our brain as opposed to our heart our mind versus that. So, um, and actually the heart is much stronger because it's connected to directly to the creator more than our brain, which is kind of like a filter. Sure. So all, all this stuff about like raising your vibration, surface level is good, but um, what are you raising your vibration for, right? right. And right. where is that, if you're ever sending it outward, isn't that kind of, what the big agenda is sending your energy outward rather than inward to what your, to what God, our highest power wants that calling. And unfortunately some people think that calling, like if you're ever a part of a group that's like, Hey, we'll, we'll quickly get you up the ladder to the whatever 30th rank. If, uh, yeah. Right. Like that kind of sounds like, I understand why people, um, you know, I don't want to get too deep into, because I know people go down the paths they go down. Thinking. Right. Most of the time, no one thinks they're the bad guy. Like, they think right. they're the right thing. <laughs> right. Uh, and I, unfortunately, in my, uh, I come from an adopted family. So um, my mother was actually adopted into um, a, a Freemason family. Wow. Um, and I didn't know that until recently, but it makes perfect sense now. Um, after all this time knowing who, <clears throat> anyways, so, <laughs> so you know who the grand architect is, huh? 
So <laughs> my, my point is I'm not trying to judge individuals. Um, yeah. Like I know people are all manipulated. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, right. you can be manipulated by the bad guys one way or another to work for them or to be used by them or both. Um, so yeah. Um, sorry to catch you off there. No, but as you're saying that, I realized that there was something that Jesus allegedly said about those who tormented him and crucified him was forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And it goes back to what I just told you. They really, <laughs> and, you know, the ignorance is no excuse for the law, and that, that includes God's law. But um, if they fully understood the consequences of their actions, they wouldn't be doing that. That's what he meant. Forgive them. More importantly, forgiveness is uh, why that's important, uh, and which is, and it's very difficult a lot of times, you know, when people hurt you um, or, or they hurt, you know, people around you. Uh, the reason it's important is because, you know, from a Christian perspective, they say the kingdom of heaven is within. The, it should say, the complete statement is the kingdom of heaven is within excuse me, the doorway to the kingdom of heaven is within your heart, your sacred heart, the heart chakra. And if it's closed off, you don't have the connection to the kingdom. And a lot of times the reason it's closed off because of anger and fear, resentment, all that stuff. So when we forgive, honestly, not just say the words, but actually process, go through the process and realize, you know, those, we all make mistakes and those people, it doesn't mean that you forget. You don't want the, the you, and you certainly wouldn't em, embolden or, uh, uh, what do you call that? What is it when you help somebody with a crime? What do you call that? Um, accessory. You don't want to be accessory oh. to their bad behavior. No, you don't want to enable it. But uh, the, it's, it is not really selfish to do this. Okay. I had to do this with my parents in order for me to move forward with my life as a, a husband and a dad with my, my family. I had to forgive my mom and dad. They were, they, they hated each other. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was an arranged marriage actually. And uh, it, it caused a lot of problems. And I eventually realized that I was having panic attacks and I felt it in my heart. It's like a mock heart attack, right? And yes. I've been through, I've been to therapists. I took this, their stupid drugs literally makes you stupid because it kind of, make, it numbs you, it cuts you off more than anything instead of connecting you. So um, yeah, I, I came to a realization one night that um, if I didn't forgive them, I could never forgive myself and I could never move forward. And I probably would die of a heart attack at a fairly young age, which would have been a tragic, tragic thing. And really, you know, because it's preventable. So anyway, I, I'm just saying that um, this is something, again, we got, I'm sorry to keep quoting what Jesus allegedly said. Allegedly. <laughs> I have to quantify it because we don't know. I mean, we weren't there and it's been, but, but okay. But so when somebody asked him, Master, what are the what are, what are the what is the greatest of all the commandments? And they were actually speaking about the Mosaic Law, the Ten Commandments, at that point, I believe. And he didn't say any of that of those things. 
he, he's, he, it's all one thing. It kind of comes out in two parts, but he said, love God with all your heart and soul and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Once again, I think that was an incomplete, probably mistranslated or something. It was, once again, they didn't give us the whole thing. What I think, what I feel for sure he meant was love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself, and then love God with all your heart. So, because if you don't love yourself really unconditionally, laws and everything, you cannot love your neighbor like you love yourself, because, right? And then love God. I, I mean, it all starts with loving yourself and not in an egotistical way. For sure. Not in being a narcissist. It's a process that, and this, it, it, this is not easy, by the way. I'm just, these are just words coming out of my mouth. But once you start down this path, and this includes myself, when, when I, because there are people I need to forgive still, you know, I'm working on it. Uh, you, in fact, I don't know if you saw my interview with Michael Sala, but I had to, I, I felt that was an opportunity to actually apologize publicly for a mess that I'd made publicly with a friend, you know, and it caused me a, a lot of uh, hurt. I felt very hurt by it. And I was, I was putting out that anger and it, it that's, it's totally unnecessary and um, it doesn't help anyone to do that. So um, where I'm at now the more I work on loving myself as a child of God, and then when I interact with other people like yourself or anybody, it could be at the mall or the post office or whatever, that love is expressing through me to those people, my so-called neighbors. That love is really, it's not just like, hey, have a nice day. It's not, I'm not just being superficially friendly. There's something much deeper coming through me now. And they feel it usually, unless they're just having it like, you know, psychotic episode. They're feeling that it's not religious, it's spiritual. And I believe it's an antidote for what we're, for a lot of the ills on this world right now. That's why he, that's why he told us to do this. It, I know it's, it sounds overly simplistic. But he also, and here's why he, this is why he said this. He said, because when two or more are gathered in my name, I will be with you. I'm sorry. I can feel it right now. And I think part of what's been happening is to get people afraid of your heart. Um, I remember. So I you don't get hurt, right? If you keep it shut. Yeah, uh, yeah you can't get hurt wrong. I had an experience where um, kind of an exceptional, extreme experience. Um, I'll call it spiritual, but um, I felt like this was in the early days of my spirituality, kind of right after high school. Um, But this is bordering on like a manic episode, but I heard a voice saying that like, I'm going to have a heart attack and die. And I I was only 19, 18 or 19. but. And this was 2016, uh-huh. and I had never, um, kind of like, kind of like you. Uh, I would say I, I probably came from a similar upbringing. Uh, my parents weren't an arranged uh, couple, but uh, there's some similarities there. But there was, um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But yeah, just that message 
Then I've been seeing other people talk about <clears throat> getting these like messages that they're going to have a heart attack. And the last year I had kind of an extreme event where I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Um, I was taking a hot bath, um, like I've done hundreds of times, but for some reason after this one, I just got so lightheaded. Um, I was scared. I couldn't reach my, I thought I was going to die, honestly. Um, wow. And I wasn't on any drugs or anything. I was just not out of, out of the bath, you know? Um, but that was around the time I stopped drinking alcohol too. So I think, ah. you know, it's important that I did that. Um, yeah. Oh, so, by the way, stop. Hold, keep, hold that thought. The reason they call it intoxicated keyword is toxin. It's toxic. <laughs> so and all that does all the drugs all of that stuff is is a poison are they are poisons different levels of poisons that we put in our body to help us make us <clears throat> feel better but if you think about that logically i'm speaking from experience too okay <laughs> growing up in the 60s i and even recently, I told you the song I sent you, Fix Me. That boy overdosed because he had so much pain. He didn't know how to help deal with it. So he actually made things worse by poisoning himself to death. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. Oh, no. Don't be sorry. Because I think it's really important that we're talking about this. Because, yeah. Um, some, yeah, there's something to it. And I think... Um, there's a big effort to get people intoxicated with certain chemicals. And I think that kind of leads into how that might interact with other compounds, whether it be, you know, a, a jab or whatnot. And I've been seeing a lot of word uh, about spike proteins lately. Um, so I don't know if you, uh, would like to talk about that at all is this going out on youtube um it doesn't have to i was going okay to, okay but. then we shouldn't we shouldn't discuss that um okay. because it could get you could get in trouble um and unfortunately what what some i can always cut this out no that's no, okay no it's important we have this discussion but we have to be cautious about the the terminology there are toxins that have been found in people with um, the 19. Certain choices made. Yeah, yeah. The, the either, either the so-called virus or the antidote for the virus <laughs> that they tell us. The, the, the toxins, and these are uh, snake toxins and uh, marine snail toxins, this is not a theory now. There's a cocktail of toxins that have been found in the bodies of people that either had C-19 or the injections to allegedly protect them from it. We, we've got to take a step back here, though. The whole, the whole thing about pharmacopoeia, which later became um, pharmacy, the medical establishment traces directly back to a particular fallen angel named Farmeros. Yes, I know. 
That's in a book called The, the Genius of the Few. <laughs> I'll send it to you later. I'm telling you. See, this is the thing when, when God told me everything would be revealed. He, he doesn't, okay, I, I think God has a sense of humor, but that's not funny, and he wouldn't, and he certainly doesn't lie. Um, but all of this has to be, the reason we have to, everything has to be revealed is so that we can make an educated decision on the direction that we want to go because we have free will. And you cannot make a choice if you don't have all of the information or you've been given misinformation about whatever it is, whatever it may be. But health is very, very, very important because it's part of our well-being. You cannot feel well and be happy and really and productive without your health. So this is intentional. But it's not new. They sure. they taught us uh, so-called pharmacy, pharmacopoeia. Uh, it, this traces way back to the, you know, allegedly when the Anunnaki originally designed us as a hybrid. And the lower ranking ones started manipulating us and getting us to worship or work for them. That's why they gave us drugs. That's why they gave us weapons. They turned our women into whores by giving, showing them how to wear jewelry and makeup and become attractive. So that we build their pyramids for them? Or? Uh, whatever, whatever they wanted, up to a point. And this is where the good, good God, bad God thing is really crazy. I mean, um, there's a lot of different interpretations of it. The, the book called The Shining One by Christian O'Brien, who's deceased now, that was eye-opening to me. I mean, it was a whole nother level of um, understanding of the Anunnaki society, the Shining Ones, the falling, Fallen Ones, and their little skirmishes and whatever that, that they've been having and how we got caught up in the middle of it. But as I was reading that, I'm thinking, wow, um, this is great, you know, to finally have an elevated understanding of, of the problem. But I'm sure there's more there that, that we need to, that needs to be revealed. Because there's just, I could tell there's something missing. Um, and it, it, just because it's 800 pages or whatever, seven, 800 pages, doesn't mean that it's complete. Because again, everything, you know. It, that's a very, yeah, it's, it's, it's very voluminous, the, the, the amount of information and also understanding the connectivity, the complexity. It's, it, it takes time and effort to do that, really. I mean, even if somebody explained it to you, just like, you really have to think about it and sometimes stop thinking about the propaganda because, you know, all right, once the Civil War started, the first casualty of war is truth. They're both lying. I mean, well, not both, but I mean, more the, the benevolent ones really don't lie and manipulate, but the, but the fallen ones do. And they have more control or influence over us. They've had a lot more influence over us. And that was, that was part of the, uh, if you just go past the Anunnaki and you look at what God's plan was, and that's in the new revelation, to some extent, you kind of get a glimpse of it. 
he permitted all of this to happen. I mean, that was really a shocker to me. I kind of, I, I kind of thought it was just going to keep going and it would be like, it would be, it's like, okay, there's the evil realm over there and here's the realm of light. And there's, you can kind of, you know, choose your whatever. But in the new revelation, it says, no, it has to stop because they're not content with their own little kingdom, their, their domain. And they're, they're encroaching onto the rest of creation. Well, how would I know that? You know, uh, how, how could we know that? We're supposedly still playing this freaking game of our uh, uh, UFOs real, our aliens real. I mean, please, that, it's such a childish thing that the, those who serve the fallen ones, they know absolutely what, who, what these craft are, who built them, and what is the purpose of all this. They have a working relationship with them, for God's sake. They're lying. They always do this. They lie, cheat, steal, kill. It's, it's, they think that by serving these fallen gods, that they will somehow get that they would benefit. And they're and so it, smug, too. Like they well, think yeah. they really know. Well, but it's, uh, yeah, right. They're, but, okay, so they're given a little reward for being a good little uh, minion, right? But there's a price we all know. I mean, those of us who are not in the dark side, we can see clearly, hey, that was a bad move. You, you know, they, they, they gave you your little token, and now you're going to pay. You're going to pay. You screwed yourself over. Yeah, you hurt some people in the process, but you actually hurt yourself more than everybody else that you that you hurt. It's almost like a weeding out process, like an extra, like an extra hell for those for those human beings that are more evil than not and would just naturally. Fall and, well, I mean, they go into it eyes open. It's it's called making a deal with the devil, I, and they know, but they're delusional in the sense of thinking that there there's no consequence to it. It, it it's a really, I mean, come on, it's like a, it's a really weird weird sales job. To begin with, and you have to be, I feel like, fairly ignorant to to not see the consequences or willfully blind. I think that's the old saying is for those who have eyes to see and the ears to hear. It, it's a lot of that stuff, a lot of the teachings, they're qualified that way because if you don't, if you, if you aren't open-minded, and that's just a term we use now. If you're not open-hearted, you're not going to feel, oh, that's a, that, whoa, danger. You're not going to see the threat. You're not going to hear it. You're not going to feel it. If you're, if you're really closed down and just like being, ah, oh, I got to take care of myself. I got to do whatever I got to do. <laughs> just justifying all the dirty deeds, you know, it's just, because you got to wonder how do those people live with themselves after they do that stuff? Even if they thought it was for a good reason. You know, it's like that old saying that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> completely. And I think the the dark ones, they use the same tactic as against the people that they have working for them that they're Absolutely. using. Against. Even more so. Yeah. Oh, Just my God. They abuse, yeah. I was talking to a friend about it yesterday about the mafia. 
everybody's expendable, even the top guys, you know, it's like they got to constantly watch their back or they're going to get off. I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm sorry to be blunt about it, but it just, that's just the way it is. They don't, in other words, they have zero integrity amongst themselves. Whereas those who are benevolent, we're all trying to help each other elevate. You know, there is integrity, there's reciprocity. It's what I said before, it's a meritocracy <laughs> and that's sustainable. It's beautiful, it's loving, it's healthy, it's happy. I mean, I, I could, you know, I, I, I know those are just words, but when you actually connect on that level with people and or the angels or God, you kind of wonder why anyone would go the opposite direction other than, you know, oh, you say it was a mistake. They don't, they didn't realize. Whatever it is, here's the good news. And again, from my opinion, when it comes to an end, and this is in the new revelations, it, God allegedly is saying, I'm going to stop it permanently and keep a record of it for all of my children to review in the future. This is a very important lesson that's being learned here. You know, what else it says in there that all, although we're, we're rather ignorant as to, you know, the process, the big passion play that's going on in this world, center stage. It says all all the benevolent beings throughout creation are watching what's happening here. So this would kind of explain why we get these, we see these things appearing and then disappearing there. Sometimes they get really close up like, Whoa, man, I can't believe they're doing that. Wow. And then they back off or they might give some assistance or if they, if needed, but um, under really dire circumstances, but typically it's a hands-off thing. They're watching and, that's not a passive act, by the way. I want people to understand. I've, I've come to understand this too. We know this scientifically. The observer affects the outcome. Why? Because we're all connected. Everything is connected through a web of light. Science knows this, but they can't understand it. So they don't talk about it a lot, but I've seen it. I was shown it. It's, it's not just on a large scale. It's all the way down to the very, very, you know, subatomic fabric of creation so naturally they'd be concerned they're feeling it they're they're just they're not just watching it they're feeling it too this is not a soap opera it's not entertainment this is a this is super big deal that's happening on this planet so and I, look i don't want to freak people out too much but i'm sorry to tell you we don't have any privacy it's, it's a little bit like the Truman Show. Again, it's not entertainment, but I, I just, just a heads up. I know this from experience and, and also other people have told me this. Uh, the benevolent ones and the malevolent ones at the higher realm, they, echelon, they know, they know exactly everything we're doing and feeling and thinking. So uh, privacy is an illusion. Enjoy it if you wish. I mean, you have that you have that as an option, but that was taken away from me at some point. And of course it was shocking. But what am I going to do? If I can't adapt, I would die. I mean, I would just I would literally go insane 
<clears throat> if I, sure. if I, if I didn't somehow just accept the fact, I may not like it. Uh, it's just the way it is. What you're talking about reminds me a little bit of, um, I think Dan Winter calls it like the ancestral array. Mm. And uh, I remember um, one night looking at a full moon and around the full moon, I saw the web of eyes, you know, come, uh, the lines coming from the moon and between Whoa. the lines, the, okay. the eyes. And I yeah. couldn't shake the image. I even would close my eyes and I walked back to towards my house and I, I, it was still there. And wow. I was almost scared, like, I don't know, is this my reality now? <laughs> but it sounds uh, um, kind of like that. And we're running out of time here. Uh, it's okay. So much more. We'll have to do another one of these. I, I'd right. like to talk more about maybe the ley lines and because um, your experience happened during the fall equinox. And so both the good yeah. guys and the bad guys, like you said, are, are using that that field. They're always mm -hmm. kind of in observance, whether they're super interested in what we're doing or not. Right, right. And actually that place, since you mentioned it, the place I was at in Malibu is a ley line. And what those are for people who've never heard of it is just, this goes back to the cosmic web of light. There is a fabric um, of space and time uh, that is held together with this, this web of light. And, and the light is either small tributaries like streams all the way up to rivers and lakes and oceans. It's it, but it's light and it's, it's moving, it's living, it's consciousness. And um, some areas have a greater connectivity or flow. That's what a ley line is, or what do they say? A vortex. That's where the flow kind of um, it, it centralizes there. Into kind of like a portal that can connect yes. to other yes. places, right? Right, right. And so typically, historically, you see people going up on mountains uh, because you, you you know that brings you closer to that connectivity, or other places like you said, ley lines. Sometimes it's a combination of being elevated and on a ley line, like I was at night, and I was also resonating my body by saying "Om" over and over, over again, and focusing on on love, and that that being in a loving place and opening like that is how it's sort of like the you know how we connect to the internet. You've got to have a a, a modem. We become the modem. <laughs> and there's some just stupid terms, but it's just sure. It, it, there's, I don't know. These, these are. This is a language we're we're stuck with. I know um, what you mean. Yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to help people relate to how this works. So I'm going to tell you again. It, it it's like this. It's not just loving. Is is okay? Being loving in a loving space, fine. But if you can be calm when other people are going crazy. If you can be kind when other people are being cruel, be creative when other people are being destructive, and being courageous when other people are just freaking out, being scared, you will uh, re retain or maintain a, a higher level of resonance and connectivity to the cosmos and the creator. 
it sounds simple. I've been telling people this for a while. It's a process because I'd asked how, how, you know, being in this position, I need some tools. <laughs> I need a way to help people to help themselves. And I know it sounds simple because I just, I'm, these are just words, but actually being kind when other people accrue it, that's, that's very difficult. You know, remaining calm in the, in the midst of a crisis. Some people are good at it. it just they, they, they default to that. But most people just want to start panicking. So it, by working on those things, maybe just one thing at a time, you know, just thinking about it and working on it. The more you do it, the easier it gets like anything else. You get more proficient at it. And then you can help others. Because honestly, the more resonant you are, the more people around you will pick up on it. Because again, we're all connected through the web of light. Okay. So you'll not only attract people like that, but you can positively affect other people around you, even just, just being there. You don't have to say or do anything. It's, some people call it a Holy Spirit that's, that's flowing through you. Because you, here's a funny thing. You can't force the force. It's like when you surf, you know, you can't, you can't control the wave. It's just moving. All you can do is merge with it and let it, you know, you kind of go for a ride with it. So uh, I really appreciate your time, Roy, and, you know, keep up the good work. Oh, my gosh, Robert. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're back on the web, that you're, you're talking again. Got yeah. the Unigus project. Um, just doing a lot of great stuff. I got Thank you. registered on that. So looking forward to, to delving more into that. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep listening to interviews with you and try to come up with some more uh, productive questions. This well, was great. You have to absolutely have to, because you're at a, you're at a good level right now. Please, every day when you're sober, not you're sober, you have to be sober to read the new revelations. Otherwise, it's it's not going to. Just do a little bit every day. All Start right. with that book, the new revelation, and it's it's and just read a little bit, and it'll it'll speak to you. I think I really feel that so. Anyway, sure. thanks again. Thanks again. It was a pleasure meeting you. Absolutely. Well, I'll look up. Uh, I'll read more into the new revelation. Thank you so much, Robert. Really appreciate you. I'm gonna also check out your son's uh, your son's <laughs> music. <laughs> thanks, sad boy. That's so cool. I, I and if yeah. if I would have known that, I'd be talking to his dad after. <laughs> yeah, that's funny how that works, huh? It is. It's amazing. All right, Robert. Thank you so much. God bless. Thanks. Thanks, Roy. Take care. See ya. Bye bye. Thank you. And for thank you to the dimensional ladder. The dimensional ladder. Three, 